Australian sci-fi kids show K9 about the robot dog of the same name. Must be the season of Hit Australian sci-fi kids show K9 about the robot dog of the same name. Hit Australian sci-fi kids show K9 about the robot dog of the same name. Do 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 It's a K9 theme. I love K9. I can't wait to talk about K9. You do? Why? K9 is the best TV show ever made. And if you can hear this, we're doing that thing where we say the thing we don't really mean. This is the sound of my chair moving. I'm so excited. I should use my other chair. I forgot to. This is uh. Uh, Potter who cast presents K9, turn it off, turn it off. Um, we're talking about liberation, K9 liberation, which is an important uh thing. It was broadcast on the 18th of January 2010. It was written by S.B. Krauss and Shane Armstrong, like last time, and directed by David David Caesar and David Napier, like last time. The gist of this one, well, I'll, I'll tell you what the gist of this one is as I continue shaking my chair. Uh, K9 kids, problem, alien prison, Jixon, someone. In there they hate, who cares? They say the evil people, oh no, the evil lady is that that girl's mom. Oh no, nothing happens. The end. Bye. Um Can you also do the gist for uh the Corvin? The Since Corvin. we're doing two at once. Oh yes, we're we're definitely doing two two stories today. Um the Corvin, the gist. I forgot to write down the gist. Here's a gist off the top of my head. Uh an alien in Clothes so they can hide all the prospects that news arrives for the, the the time machine they've built now. Um, and it kidnaps the professor because it wants to uh turn it into uh, it wants to absorb it or whatever. I don't know. Um, the weird belong kid uh takes the, the the initiative here and he uh because K9 can't operate on phosphorus because phosphorus uh makes K9 turn to drunk K9 or whatever. I don't know. Um, they they find the guy in like a, a freezer. There's like a, a lot of bags of ice. Have the word ice written on them, so you know what they are. Um, and then and the canine like shoots it into into a portal or something. I don't know. Um, that that one, the Corvin was broadcast on the 25th of January, and it's written by Tim Pye, who has credits on Bali 2022, Love Child, House Husbands, and the Doctor Blake Mysteries. But for some reason, IMDb thinks Shane Armstrong wrote it, which he didn't, and it's written by Carlos Wiki. Who directed the Magic Pudding? Uh, that is the Magic Pudding. That is an animated film about a, a Magic Pudding uh, to make a killing and Simbad and the Minotaur. 
Um, so those are two canine episodes that we're talking about today. Because um, we're doubling up canine episodes, of course, for every canine podcast we're definitely doing. Um, what did you think of canine liberation? Let's start with canine liberation. What did you think of, of canine liberation, Michelle? Uh, there's a moment in the oh liberation. I need to I need to use a moment from the Corvin to to use an example. There's a moment right at the start of the Corvin where they're uh, they're basically just talking amongst each other, and then one of them says, uh, "Let's eat this can of beans." Mm-hmm. And like three lines later, they just play up sound effect, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I feel about canine. So. <laughs> That's my uh, opinion of this entire show. Mm-hmm. The um, the thing about because um, both of them involve baked beans in some sense. Liberation, uh, for most liberation, canine is in a bin, asleep. baked beans, literally yeah, asleep. Yeah, he's asleep. Uh, he's literally he's, going like, "Oh no!" Because mm-hmm. if um, I'm here, the plot is going to end very soon. They, they so I gotta go to sleep. They basically have a TARDIS now that they use. I don't remember that being the last episode, but that's been like months. I didn't bother rewatching uh, the first one. Um, the they got like a, a photograph of like a hologram of his family that keeps like blowing kisses at him, which feels a bit, a bit weird. Um, canine, canine history. A to bit assass- weird. It's a lot weird. <laughs> As is that the canine is now like a sassy, like fourth doctor standing in now. Um, it's see the thing is I I don't think. I don't think um, liberation, at least, is as off-putting as regeneration was. But I also think it is maybe one of the most boring things we've ever had to watch. Um, nothing mm-hmm. really happens beyond they go to the prison and the the Myron, who's the, the fish guy in the in the lab coat, kind of goes whoa, but they they rescue everyone and they get the the whole twist, which is like, Mom, what are you doing here? And then in the Corvin, there's like no fallout from that whatsoever. They're still like, you know, we're all we're all hanging out. We're we're all great friends, even though you ran like a an alien prison. There's like no mention whatsoever of 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 that fallout in the Corvin. Um, what is in the Corvin is the Corvin, and the Corvin uh, is in the episode called the Corvin for I would say about three minutes, um, and there's not really much Corvin action. There's not really much Corvin anything in the Corvin. Um, there is, of course, canine farting quite a bit in the Corvin because he, he, uh, because you see, Starkey eats the beans that canine overheats because canine doesn't understand. Jesus Christ. Um, the whole thing, the whole thing as well is that the whole premise of the Corvin is that Starkey is, you know, he's homeless. Fuck me, this show. Just, I am so sorry. It's just like, at what point do you sit down and you say, <laughs> oh, fuck, we made a mistake. Uh, is it the point where you, your, your second episode has your main character literally falling asleep? For like, they do, they do a two minute riff on a fucking broken wall. They're like, oh, the, the bricks are so this is shoddy brickwork, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Jesus Christ, this is so boring. This is so boring. Yeah, the, the whole thing in the Corvin is that um, Starkey is uh, homeless, but uh, at no point... like it, it feels so strange that like, Starkey is homeless in the third episode after like two episodes of him hanging out with the professor. Like, in the second episode, I already assumed that they were living like he was living with them because he's he's eating all the biscuits. You know, the guy comes on, he's like, "You've eaten all the biscuits. You could at least throw away the box." 
I do you want to be here? That is correct. Oh my God. It's so bad. Um, it's so bad. It's genuinely <laughs> so bad. But like it's it, it's it just hurts. Like, yeah, it hurts it, to watch. I said this to you in DMs, and I'll say that now while we're here. It feels like every episode we watched is the pilot for K9, the TV show, in a very unintentional way. It just feels like there's like no like there's no real ca- like the only carryover we get from regeneration liberation is the prison and the Jixon. And the Jixon might as well not be there at all because the Jixon really does fuck all in in liberation. You know? Um the the prison this is the prison idea I think is interesting because it sets up this idea of, you know, oh like their their big enemy is the mom of one of them. So you know there's gonna be like friction there. So I mean you know conflict is gonna be can they keep these lives secret? Whatever. But no she's just like oh yeah you know K9 um uh, sorry, listen, listen, guys. Sorry that we're running this prison, um, but you know, it. We need to hold people here because just in case there's any any like attacks, whatever. And the girl's like, "Mom, I can't be doing this. By the way, uh, I'll forget about this next time. So, you know, we'll hang out for a while." Uh, and I don't. I, I wanted Kanan before, but I don't want Kanan anymore because, um, you know, I just can't be bothered really to try and steal Kanan from you guys you know it's just like it's it's like everyone it's like every single person involved wasn't told what was going to happen in K9 and they were all told oh to my like god write you're, so, you're right oh my god that is the perfect then, description <laughs> and then they all just say like just to make the scripts as were as they were without like you know going and saying okay well this this contradicts this point this contradicts that it just feels so lazy and so yeah. It, insane yep. it just and it's so boring as well it's so boring for this kind of tv show because it's just it's like because they have half an hour and they use a half an hour to potter around for 20 minutes and in the last 10 minutes you get like this whole thing of oh well you know we're gonna go find the corvin now or we're gonna go to the prison now and then it's just like the corvin's there for three minutes he gets shot he gets teleported i don't, I don't even fucking remember it's just so boring and it's so confusing yeah. how it's got yep. past anyone because it's just so so in its own alley in terms of anything and everything characterization yep. everything it's just and it's not even touched like I, I i i'm not gonna rag again on the on the actors because it's not their fault but why is this set in london there's nothing in this that makes sense for it to have to be london it could be well, australia there's no there's no outside shots there's no real outside exterior shots. Yeah. There's like three per episode. Uh, one of them, one of them is like recycled. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, on top of that, everyone sounds dubbed. The quality of the copy that we saw, because I saw it on Tubi, it looks mm-hmm. so bad, so low quality. But most importantly, not only what you just said about how it it feels like nobody knows what's about to happen in the next episode, uh, in the next scene. But also, it really does feel like the most like first draft thought. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and then they go and they see, like. Like, I think the best example is that there's this uh, moment where a random character we've never seen before gets told by like the evil woman to like, "Oh, you're off the case," and he goes, "I'll get my revenge." And I'm like, "Who, who is this?" <laughs> this man he has never been seen before and he's just showing up now being like yeah here, here i am what the hell is going on oh it, it, it's like 
it's like I don't even know, like I don't even know what to say anymore because like we're now we're three episodes into this into K nine. Uh huh. And like, like what do we what do we know? We know like, they have a time machine now for whatever yeah. reason. Um, like what? Like why give them a time? Why give them a time machine? Why? Like I understand he's trying to get to his family, but like that opens up an entire avenue of like you know if he has a time machine you know he can get to work then you're sorted or whatever the the, the, the thing is like they they, they 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 clearly want to make a kind of show that they can't but it's also because like the reason they want like, they want to make their own like, they want to make a different kind of show and they can't but the problem yeah. that they have is a problem they made themselves like just like just they, they, they just fix things before you go into production on K9. Um, like I really do think I really do think if this show was just set in like you know Sydney in 2050 or whatever, then half the problems go away because you're not trying to like you know there's so much CG going on to like you know spruce up those exterior shots. There's so much um, pain going into like, having these Australian actors who clearly are struggling with the accent work they're, they're being given, especially like the, the mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember their names, the blonde kid, like the, 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 the straight in his voice when he's trying to do like, you know, the, yeah. all right, governor kind of voice is just so evident. You, like biscuits? you ate all the biscuits. You could have at least thrown the box over. It's like, so, like he, like he's struggling to like act under like the pressure of having to do this accent. It's just not great. It's not good. It's not, it's it's not terrible. It's just boring and incomprehensible to me, and I really don't understand. You know. Yeah. It 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 it, it reminds me. You said something that uh that it's uh that I'm that I'm thinking about, which is you said this is what people think Sarah Jane Adventures is about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It, the, like it is so. <sighs> It is so boring. It is genuinely so boring. And I hate that we are going to watch 26 episodes of this. Unless. Um, oh my God. The, the toy maker is broken in. Oh no. It's the toy maker as portrayed by Neil Patrick Harris. I've got the little laser for you. It's going to make you forget. Oh. <laughs> What's K9? What what what? What are we doing? What's K9? What, why, what are why we doing? Why are we recording? Oh, I think we're just talking about the 60th anniversary because oh, yeah. we never really had a chance to talk about it. We didn't. And and Christmas special as well. Um they were good. I thought they were good episodes. Um I know you have you have a few problems with elements of the 60th. Um mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, yeah. Before we do anything, uh, just gonna ask you to edit the sounds of me slurping tea out of the episode. Mm-hmm. So just I'll, keep that in I'll mind. Add, but, to me slurping Pepsi Max as well. So yes, I I did have problems with the 60th, but overall, I guess I enjoyed it. You know, um, <laughs> I like I I don't think you know I, I don't think I don't think there's like a lot of bad stuff about it. The bad stuff is like very specific. 
Mm-hmm. And the good stuff is was so much fun that I was kind of like, oh, you know what? I'm willing to give it a pass. It's kind of like stuff that, you know, it's fridge lot. It's fridge stuff that you only think about later when you're going to the to the fridge to pick up some milk and you think, oh, wait a second. That actually wasn't as good as I thought it was, you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't discount points when it's that kind of like reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, like the, the, the bits that I think really really kind of sunk for me. Like, I, I loved... I think David Tennant, his performance in... Um, I mean, in all of them, I think especially Well Blue Yonder is maybe, like, the best he's been ever. Like, the scene where he's, you know, when when the, like, the... the the not Donna is, like, talking to him, and he's like, you know, they are, like, like, everyone died because I couldn't stop the flux and stuff. I think that acting is yeah. just super... Like, 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 you get the pain, and, like, even, like, the end of the, of the giggle... He's like, no, I've never been happy, this happy in my life. Whatever. I think that's such a great performance as well. Um, I just, I, I really, like, I really, I. The, the thing is, and I think this is something that's catching a lot of people off guard. It feels very different to like what, even what, like Russell's, like previous. Was in, yeah, yeah. But I think it's like, a good like, extension you know of Hypnosis era as well in terms of, like like tone and like. Um, I have to, I have two things I want to say. I have two things that, that I want to say specifically about what you just brought up. So first of all, uh, when they announced that David Tennant was coming back, they were like, but it's the 14th Doctor. They were like, yeah, but it's going to be different than the 10th. Uh, bullshit. No, it's not. Uh, it is. Um, it is. I have to what is this? I am so sorry. It is it just is. not. It is, it it is, is. literally. The, it it, is. It's not. Sorry. It's not. It is. Okay, I agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. But the second thing I have, which is, you know, there were so many people being like, wow, uh, this here's Russell T. Davis like continuing the events of the flux better than like, like when Chibnall ignored everything that came before him. And I'm like, I thought we all agreed that it's like when a new era starts, it's like a soft reboot. Like I don't get how these people are like, I don't, I don't get why these people are angry. Like was anyone mad at Moffat for not like continuing every single thread of the RTD era? Like, I don't understand. To me, whenever whenever one era of Doctor Who references the other, it is like a cool little Easter egg. But that's not what I come here to the show. And it ultimately, this goes back. This goes connects to what I thought about the episode as a whole, about this, the anniversary as a whole, which is I am not really interested in Doctor Who as this grand overarching story. Personally, personally. Mm-hmm. I like it when it gets brought up, and I like it when it becomes a subject of conversation or when they use it to do an episode or two. But that's just not why I started watching the show. I like Doctor Who because every week is like a different thing, a different adventure. And that's why like my favorite episode of the anniversary was Wild Blue Yonder, because that one felt the most like an episode of Doctor Who. And the other ones kind of felt more like there was an episode of Doctor Who happening on the sidelines of like the continuing adventures of this particular iteration of the character and that is just not like what i'm here for just Mm. not interested and i think the best example of this is the giggle you know people talk so much about the fucking bi-generation 
they forget that Neil Patrick Harris is on the F fucking episode. (laughs) It's like, what other show is like, oh, hey, guys, we got Neil Patrick Harris. This is a real deal actor. This isn't an actor we're getting off before he's famous. He is famous right now, and he's coming to do this. He's never heard of this before. And they're like, oh, that sounds great. Should we dedicate the entire episode to his plot line? And they go, no, actually, uh, like, halfway through, let's just stop and talk a lot about bi-generation. And it's like, what the fucking fuck? Come on, guys. It's funny, and I appreciate it, and I and I like that Doctor Who is kind of like this. It's kind of like if, if Star Wars, if, the, if there was a new Star Wars movie, and, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis showed up, and he was like, I'm a Jedi, and I'm gonna do this, and then he, somebody shoots him, and it's revealed to be B. Arthur from the Star Wars, Hol- Hol- Wars holiday special, and the rest of the movie is just like canonizing the holiday special. You know, I appreciate weird shit like that, but I was also like, I kind of just wanted to see a fun episode with Neil Patrick Harris as the guest star, mm-hmm. and not all this by generation stuff. You know, I think it ultimately has the same effect as the Timeless Children, which is no effect at all. It's it's literally designed to be like a. Oh, let's just pull a reset switch, which is like, all right, mm-hmm. great, that's fine. Uh, I like that, but I feel like if you, to me, if you like by generation, you also have to like the timeless children. That's just the rules because mm-hmm. they're both assholes. They both come out of nowhere, and they both immediately like me very little. Mm-hmm. Like not in the not in the meta sense, the story sense, but in the sense of like what this means for the serialized overarching plot like it it doesn't mean anything 14 is not going to come back he's not going to keep checking on 14 it's literally designed to be there to explain why 15 is happy or whatever and not worrying about all that shit you know Mm -hmm. so uh that's the rule if you like the giggle you have to like timeless children sorry Mm -hmm. and uh, we should also talk about uh ruby road um which oh yeah I thought was was good as well. Um, it's exciting. I thought it was to, good. Yeah, I liked. Um, of course, you know, the, you have the Goblin song, and you have. Um, we won't talk about Benjamin Cook uh, trying to. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> he's he's spreading the truth. You know, he's telling us the mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. He's uh, who let this this guy cook? No one, because he wasn't even cooking. He was just he, he was he didn't turn the gas on, so he's just you know he did a little pan of cold oil. He was trying to get the heat up. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was great. Um. I'm excited for the future. You know, um, obviously we're in a weird place now where we kind of know too much about the future of oh, Doctor yeah. Who. Um, we know so much about the future of Doctor Who. <laughs> we, it we, is <laughs> so fucking weird how um, much we know. The only thing we don't know is like who is Mrs. Flood. I think she's going to be um, the Rani's cousin, who's also called the Rani, but it's a different Rani. Um, or she's going to be uh, a secret incarnation of um, I don't know. Uh, fucking Ian Levine. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> Ian, we we've never really talked about Ian Levine. Back. We should we should just talk like Ian Levine. Recently, has been like he, he whenever one of these new uh, Blu-rays comes out, he's like, "You have to buy fifteen copies." Otherwise, they'll stop making them, and it'll be your fault. A Doctor Who died, you piece of shit. And then people are like, Ian, you know that's not how DVDs work. It's like, well, you're fucking. I'm gonna. You can go to my Facebook page where there's no haters allowed. You know, mm-hmm. Ian Levine got blocked from um, Gallifrey Base because people. He got mad at him on Gallifrey Base, and he sh- shared a screenshot of like something, and they were like, because you're not allowed to like share. 
Gallifrey base is like really, really weirdly like private. Or like if you share like a screenshot of like anything from there, they ban you immediately. And they banned him, and I'm pretty sure he was like, I, I'm pretty sure at some point legal action was mentioned uh, about trying to get back into his Gallifrey. Oh my god, <laughs> you're kidding me! I think I I had to look at is either that or is, is some bullshit. I don't know. Um. He threatened to sue them to get the forum deleted and mentioned libel as a potential factor. Why do I sound like this? Whoa, I regenerated. He... <laughs> I forgot that uh, Philip Morris, the other missing episode guy, who is like a huge piece of shit as well, literally copy and pasted the, an Ian Levine tweet and said it was his own tweet. Because Ian Levine's tweeting about how he's, uh, he's, he's not nice. Um... Should I get into Gallifrey Base? It you, you, it's such a weird like pro like progress or, or whatever process. Sorry, of getting you have to um you have to like oh that's too uh, much. It's you said a process. Yeah. I just I you, just stopped. You basically have to like reserve an account and then they like review your application for the for the account or something and then they they like they approve you. Or whatever. It takes like months sometimes to, to get in there, and then it's, it's just a lot of like fucking fifty-year-old men being like, "Oh, Doctor Who was better," and then some guy being like, "I heard that um everyone got sacked on set because they're all causing mischief and they're all being mean." <laughs> and I've heard the Ran is coming back, and she's gonna be played by Zendaya, and it's gonna be. Absolutely oh my god. And I've heard that Russell T. Davies actually wants to fake a leak. So he, he said a leak that Hugh Grant's gonna play uh uh, uh Mac, Mr. Magpie. Um but I got the real scoop and then it, it it just it's just stupid. Um Yeah. I just honestly I kinda wanna join Gallifrey Base just to get banned from Gallifrey Base. So uh, mm. maybe I should do it. Maybe I should do it. Anyways, <laughs> what, what's I, happening? I looked at the, I looked up in the Potter server because I know I, I know we posted about in the Potter server. And I, I forgot uh, when he got banned from from Gallifrey Base. He did a tweet recently, like, so in one day, someone I consider to be a trusted friend turns on me. After praising me enthusiastically, he now tells everybody to not touch my projects. And I get banned from Gallifrey Base. Happy November 22nd, the 60th anniversary of Kennedy's assassination. And oh my God, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I remember that. I remember that. Oh my God, that just unlocked, unlocked like a deep, buried memory in my head. Man, wow. Wow, thinking a lot about that. Uh, what else do we have to? I mean, I get why they're doing this whole like recording, uh, filming so much in advance. I get why they're doing it because they really want to get back to that whole like one series a year thing. Mm-hmm. But boy, is it is it weird? I mean, it's kind of like a weird line to that. It's like you want to be like, hey, I don't want to know what's going to happen before the show goes on the air, and then you're also like, huh. Why are they telling us what's happening with the show before it goes to air? So it's kind of like eh, a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. It's 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 complicated to think about. It's complicated. They, uh, they should really just come out and say what's going on or just be like, yeah. you know, clear the air or whatever with regards to, you know, 
certain issues at the moment. Yeah. Well, we wish everyone the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say the one last thing I want to say about uh, the Church and Ruby Road, which is the scene where the, the doctor talks to the policeman um, is so much is so clearly like a we can't we can't wait until the doctor until like halfway through for the doctor to show up. It's called mm-hmm. Doctor Who, and I think it's really telling that in like Rose, it it they wait to drop the reveal. They mm-hmm. really wait. But with this one, they were like, and let's take the note and let's change it. I think it's just a sign of like the times, how mm. different they are, you know? Definitely. And I'm just, I'm just like, I'm, it's, it's weird. I'm like low key worried that, that, that this, this desperate, it really does feel like they're like, okay, let's, let's try to turn, turn Doctor Who into a big franchise. Like we got to do it. We got to turn Doctor Who into a big franchise. And it feels like they might lose what makes Doctor Who fun for me personally, which is just how scrappy and l- low level it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a show where you could have the Doctor come in halfway through because the audience is kind of being t- t- taught to, like, hey, just like be patient. Let's wait. This is what the story is about. So. I don't know. Maybe I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, but that story of them being like, yeah, Disney gave us the note that the doctor should have a scene before he gets into the story. And we said, yes, just that story makes me go a little bit like, "Mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. I think the sign will be if they submit any of series one for Emmy consideration that happens, then, you know, it's, it's, it's become like a, a big, a big thing for them now. Um, It'd be, it will be weird if if and I'm not really like like give them a backhanded compliment, but if Doctor Who becomes like an an award contender, it's gonna be very strange considering like how little that's happened in the past. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't, know, I don't think it will happen. I don't think it will. Uh, I think they can the, try. The biggest thing that might happen is that like they'll they'll like they'll probably sub like, they'll probably run. Like shooty for awards stuff. I think if that, I think it's a combination of that, and if they get like you know, shooty and potentially Millie onto like you know, late night TV in America and stuff to promote it, then that's gonna feel weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we started recording, um, or, or why we spoke for half an hour. I can't remember what happened. Yeah, um, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, it's a good thing they will never do a 26. I mean, I've just realized that they're about to do a spinoff about the Sea Devil. So, you know. At least at least that's six episodes. I don't know I don't know why I said at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like we were talking about uh, another thing that was yeah. around. Next time, Series 5. That's exciting. We have, um, we have some guests booked. Um, some, potentially some new people on board. Yeah. Your old favorites are coming this, back. This, this is so weird. I sent you this photo where I'm saying like series five, save me, save me, series five. Mm-hmm. What what could be saving you? To, <laughs> you're being be saving us from. You're being saved from Ian Levine's um, Facebook group. Oh, yeah, where, makes sense. <laughs> if you if you talk ill about Ian Levine, he he bans you. Um, but yeah, um, g- goodbye, and we'll see you whenever we see you next for uh, the eleventh hour. Um, 
Oh, I had one last thing about uh, I, I came up with mm. a really good joke. Uh, so people talk so much about bi-generation that they forgot that there's a perfectly forgettable episode before it. All right, that's it. That's all I want to say. <laughs> um, okay. So, Bye. No, that, Bye. that's a joke. You can cut that one. Cut that joke. I'll, I'll keep that in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it in. I'm going to play it three times in a row. People talk so much about bi-generation that they forgot that there's a perfectly forgettable episode before it. People talk so much about bi-generation that they forgot that there's a perfectly forgettable episode before it. People talk so much about bi-generation that they forgot that there's a perfectly forgettable episode before it. Uh, bye-bye.